Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of Third and One from the Gun. I'm your host, Mitchell Blair, and we're talking CFL and CFL wagering. How'd you do last week? I thought things were going well for myself after I told you take Edmonton plus eight. And then I caved faster than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive line. Riders head coach Craig Dickinson said after the game, I'm just going to tell you the truth. We're not that good right now. Even at four and one, I felt that way. I hear you, Craig. I hear you. I don't know why your team doesn't go out and find some quality offensive linemen because the group you have right now, especially at tackles, is god-awful. Somehow I think Joe Burrow could relate to what Cody Fajardo's going through right now. Before I recap last week and look ahead to this week, I do want to touch upon the postgame fight in Calgary. I've got questions. So if one I've read and seen is correct... Lions receiver Lucky Whitehead was taunting and chirping Calgary linebacker Cam Judge all game long, with Whitehead apparently bringing up a member of Judge's family. When the game was over, Judge delivered a right hand between the eyes of Whitehead and had to be escorted to the Calgary room. Good job, because several Lions came to the room. They wanted a piece of Judge. They were escorted away by police and security. Police and security in Calgary. Is this like the old days of Stampede Wrestling? Was Karachi Vice going to attack a member of the Hart family in the parking lot? If you remember Stampede Wrestling, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you just think I'm a rambling old man like my wife does. You really should go back and watch some old episodes, though, because that was wrestling when it was great. But we're talking football, not wrestling. And getting back to what happened after that game in Calgary, the CFL suspended Judge for a game. One game. That was it. No more punishment. Excuse me? If an NHL player sucker punches someone as he's leaving the ice, he's getting more than one game. If players from one team are going to another team's dressing room, don't you think those players should be reprimanded with a fine or a suspension? After what the CFL did with Saskatchewan's Garrett Marino, which I was okay with, by the way, I think the league could have gone a lot further here and thrown the book at some guys, including Whitehead. Marino's suspension involved racist comments he made towards Jeremiah Masoli. Now, it's not okay to do that, but apparently it's okay to make what I'm guessing was misogynistic statements from Whitehead to Judge. Yeah, that wheel of justice must be broke at the CFL office. Nice job, Randy. Give full props to BC in that game, too, for going into Calgary and beating the Stamps. I don't think many thought the Lions could win in Calgary with Vernon Adams making his first start. I know I certainly didn't. BC has set themselves up for a home playoff game. If there's any team in the CFL that can knock off the Bombers, I thought it was BC only if Nathan Work was playing. I still think that. But now after seeing what the Lions did on the road, they might have a chance. Might, I said. As mentioned, it's nasty in Saskatchewan after the Riders lost to Chris Jones and the Elks. How do you think the man in black felt about that victory? Fans are demanding change, and that change will likely come at the end of the season, but just how far it goes is anyone's guess right now. Team President Craig Reynolds will make that decision, or someone will make it for him, because he could be told where the door is as well. When the Riders hosted the Grey Cup in 2013, there was no doubt the organization wanted the final scene to be Darian Durant hoisting the trophy at Taylor Field, and as you know, that happened. That mentality hasn't been there with Reynolds for whatever reason, and Jeremy O'Day certainly didn't do his job in the offseason and fix the leaky offensive line that is mentioned is putrid. Give some credit to Dane Evans as well. The much-maligned Hamilton QB may have been playing for his job Saturday against Winnipeg. 
and he and the rest of the Ticats came through. Evans threw for 327 yards, five touchdowns, and none of his receivers had over 66 yards. That's efficiency. He spread the ball around and spread it around quite well. Perhaps the best thing was that he had no interceptions, and that's been the biggest problem for Hamilton. Begged the question, where was that all year? Getting 48 against that Bombers D certainly made a statement. So now it's time to turn the page and look to what Week 16 has in store. Summer is gone, fall's arrived, and in the Canadian Football League, that smell in the air isn't pumpkin spice and it isn't beer and brats either. It's that smell of the playoffs as we're well into the last third of the regular season. And there's a lot to be decided, including whether or not we'll have a crossover and what seemed to be a sure thing a few weeks ago is no longer that way. By the way, for what it's worth, I'm a guy that thinks the CFL should scrap the East and West divisions and just go with one nine-team conference. If we ever get the league into the Maritimes and have two five-team divisions, I'll revisit that idea. But for now, I'm all for one nine-team loop. One and two get a bye. Three plays six, four plays five in the semis. Everything will start with the Ticats in Montreal Friday. Was last week a mirage for Hamilton, or have they turned the page? Is this finally the Hamilton team we all expected to see in week one? If Evans does what he did last week, they're going to win this football game. Hamilton's turned the ball over 41 times this year, and that just doesn't bode well when it comes to a formula for success. If the Ticats that showed up against Winnipeg show up in Montreal, Hamilton should be able to win this one and win it easily. The Alouettes are favored by two and a half, and that line is one that has my eyebrows raised. This has Hamilton to cover all over the place, if not win outright. If Evans goes back to the Evans that he has been, then Montreal will win. But after last week, I can't ignore what they did, especially when it came against Winnipeg. I've thought all year Hamilton's a better team than what we've seen. It may be late, but maybe now we are starting to see the Ticats team that we thought we might see. I'm taking Hamilton to win this game in both the money line and I like the road dog. Oski wee wee, kids. Oski wee wee. Another Eastern Division matchup has Toronto in Ottawa. The Argos are favored by between two and three points. Depending on what book you subscribe to, Ottawa's three and three in their last six, and they have beaten Toronto. Paul Lapolis's team has been a very competitive one over the last month. As for the Argos, they've done a good job against Eastern Division counterparts going 5-2 and two this year. They've won three in a row, including a five-point win in Ottawa earlier this month, and their defense has been solid, allowing 20 or less in their last three games, with Calgary getting 22 four games ago. It's been tough to put points up against Toronto lately. A win here puts the Argos at 8-5 and five and in firm control of having a first-round bye and having home field for the East Final as well as Ottawa's played. I got to go with Toronto here by two and a half in a game that should be a pretty good tilt. That brings us to the rematch of the Lions and Stampeders. Will the emotion at the end of last week carry over? Did BC silence the critics they have since work went out? If BC wins, they'll get that home playoff game against what will likely be Calgary. BC won last week, but I'm going to go with the Stampeders here in what should be another ring-a-ding-dong dandy. Last week, Calgary was favored by seven, and now BC's favored by a point. An eight-point swing in a week featuring the same two teams with the locale being different? That's ludicrous as far as I'm concerned. Look at these numbers. Calgary 6-1 and one against the spread this year. They're 15-5-1 and one against the spread in their last 21 games at BC Place. BC may have eked one out last week, but they're not going to get that satisfaction this week. Take Calgary to cover the one-and-a-half-point spread. In fact, just take Calgary to win the game. So whether you fade or tail these picks, that's up to you.
What's also up to you is to find the best return of investment. There's a wide disparity in this game when it comes to the wager you put down and what book you want to put it down on. Check the tools at your disposal and make the bet that will bring you the best return, not just for that game between Calgary and BC, but any game you bet on, no matter the sport. It may just be a couple of dollars, but I'd rather take home 55 than 50, and I think you'd say the same thing. That's all I've got for this week. I'm Mitchell Blair. This has been third and one from the gun. Enjoy the games, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye now.